I don't know whether you ever find that life just feels really complicated. Do you ever feel like that? There's just so many things to do. It's a bit like that railway junction where you're looking at it and you're thinking, I don't quite know what's coming up. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, Tim came home from school on Monday night and he came home with a shopping list, didn't you, Tim? Tim's of the drums just over here, just in case you're wondering who he is. And he had a load of ingredients that he had to get to do food the following day at school. And he was making toad in the hole. Now, toad in the hole isn't something we would normally cook. Um, And I was amazed at this list of ingredients. How could so many things be needed? Anyway, we found all these ingredients. He went to school and came back with this tray of food. And it looked like sausages on scrambled eggs. Did you eat it? I think you did, didn't you? You ate the sausages. I think you threw the scrambled eggy bit away. But it was complicated. You know, this week, we've had quite a complicated week. I'm not talking about church stuff. I'm talking about general life. Um, We had two cars that had to get taxed, a car that needed insuring, and then a car that needed servicing. I don't have all different cars. These are only two cars, just in case you're wondering. I don't have a fleet. And the car that needed servicing, we took it to um, the Honda garage in Warrington. So they serviced the car, and then when we went to pick the car up, they said, your back brakes are illegal. They're they're totally gone. The pads are 100% worn. You can't drive the car. Can you do the pads? No. We haven't got them in. So we sat there thinking, what on earth do you do? It's complicated, isn't it? And so we ended up, one of us had to go and pick Nathaniel up from school, and Claire had to dash over in this illegal car, because we had no option, to Ellesmere Port Honda to get the brake pads done. Life gets complicated, doesn't it? Life gets busy, these things that just happen, that come at us from all kinds of different angles. Now, tomorrow morning, I'm going to a minister's conference. It's the Northwest Baptist Association annual minister's conference. And I will speak to a load of people who I don't normally speak to, apart from once a year. And I can more or less guarantee that when I ask some people, how are you, what will they respond? Fine. If they've, said, if they've once said they're fine, another word that we quite often say to one another. Busy. I'm busy. I've got lots on. Life's really busy at the moment. Why do we say that we're busy? Because it allows us to feel that we're doing stuff. It allows us to feel that we're achieving things, that we have some kind of status, that somehow we're quite self-made. One of the readings that we read earlier during the dedication was this one from Mark chapter 10. I'm just going to read it again because it's a really poignant reading for us this morning. People were bringing little children to Jesus to have him touch them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, put his hands on them, and blessed them. What amazing words. Those words from Mark's Gospel are. And what we have there is Jesus having children coming to him, but the disciples speak really sternly. They don't want the children anywhere near Jesus. And the reason for that is that children in the first century had no status and no real value. There were no human rights in the first century. So a child was the property either of its parents, or it might even be a slave and be the property of slave owners. But what Jesus does is he welcomes the nobodies who come without pretense and gives them dignity, blesses them, and sends them away, having been blessed. Jesus then says that we need to come to him 
like a child. We need to come to him like a child. But what does that mean? Well, as a little child, and I'm talking five, six years old, I can remember being amazed at the world that we live in. I don't know if you ever remember the first time you saw the sea. I'm thinking, I never thought anything could be that big. Or the first time you climbed a mountain, and you looked on the top of the mountain, or you saw the view, and you were just like, wow, this is incredible. Wow, this is amazing. And I think Arthur used this joke once before. So, wow, so amazing. We say it backwards. Wow. It's amazing. It's phenomenal. Wow. Or it might be that somebody hands you an ice cream and it's got a flake in it. You know, what could be more exciting than an ice cream with a flake in? Wow. As we get older, we get a bit harder to please, don't we? But as those first few years of life, everything is about wow. We've seen things for the first time. Now, one big wow that I used to find in life was on Easter Sunday. There's this friend of our family's who's always been called Auntie Jean. She's not really, she's not any relation, but we've always known her as Auntie Jean. I actually saw her for the first time in uh, probably about 15 years the other day. And she's one of these people who always looks the same. She's now in her 80s and has always looked exactly the same. She's an amazing woman. And what she used to do was she used to buy us the most fantastic Easter eggs. You know, like if you go into Sainsbury's or you go into Asda and you buy a Smarties egg or a dairy milk egg. They're, they're just fairly plain, and, but they're nice, but they're fairly plain. These were the type of eggs she would come to us with. If you want to know where you get that one from, that's Portnum and Mason this year. Just if anyone wants to buy me one for Easter, just point that one out. I'm not quite sure what it is, but it looks quite interesting. But these were Easter eggs that had that sense of wow. That sense of wow, that sense of goodness me, I didn't think something like this actually existed. That sense of, almost sense of awe at the world around us. Now also when I was a child of five or six years old, when we used to go on holiday, my brother and sister are quite a lot older than me. My brother is 11 years older than me, and my sister is eight years older than me. So I used to have to find my own friends to play with. That's really sad, isn't it? Actually, it wasn't that sad. I used to fight with my brother, but that didn't go well. I was lost. But I used to have to go and find my own friends to play with. So I'd be on a beach, and I'd be wandering around looking for some kids who looked roughly my own age. I'd go and introduce myself, and I'd just join in. Because kids don't have pretense, do they? Nobody, when you're five or six-year-old, says, excuse me, who are you? What do you do for a living? Where are you from? They don't put you in a social class pigeonhole. They're not bothered about those kind of things. They just accept one another. They accept one another as individuals. And it's quite different to how we are as adults. So there is that sense of being childlike, of coming without pretense, and coming with that sense of awe. That's not the same as childish, is it? You know, kids do some very childish things. They have tantrums. They throw food around. If they don't get their own way, they stamp their feet. Some adults do that as well, but it's mostly associated with children. But as we get a little bit older, what we realize is that if the world is going to function in any kind of reasonable way, we can't behave in that kind of way. We can't behave, you know, if we don't like the food you've been given in a cafe by flinging it on the floor. You can't behave by stropping every time that something just doesn't go quite the way you'd hoped. We see it's easy to read what Jesus says in those verses and actually get the wrong end of the stick. Jesus says, I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Jesus is not saying, come to me and be childish. He's not saying, come to me and have a childish kind of faith that doesn't ask the big questions of, the li- of life, of the universe, of all those things that actually the Bible points us to the answers to. 
But he's saying something incredibly profound. The kingdom of God, the ways of God, following Jesus is only for those who will come with no pretense. Only for those who will come with that sense of awe. Only for those who will come and think, actually, I've got nothing of myself to bring. But I just come to Jesus. That childlike faith that will say, wow. I was reading something a while ago about a decline of people in the UK that were saying they were Christians. And it was comparing that. You know, the church in the UK over a century or so has has just been contracting. But that is in stark contrast to the rest of the world where the church is growing really rapidly. And this article was sort of saying, um, well, there were comments under it that some people were saying things like this. Well, that's to be expected. Because when people get better educated, they realize that God doesn't exist. Somebody else had written under it, in poor parts of the world, people use God as a crutch to bring hope. But we don't need that because we have real hope. We have stuff. You know, we have all these things that we clutter our homes with. We have all this stuff that makes us feel like we've got some kind of significance. What's the problem there? Well, firstly, it's pretense, isn't it? It's thinking that we know more than other people. It's thinking that just because we have stuff, we know things that perhaps other people don't know. Perhaps we think we've learned so much that we can actually put God out of the picture. But just think for a minute about that Proverbs reading that we read a little bit earlier. Trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. You know, we can know a lot, can't we? Or we can think we can know a lot. As I've got older, I realise that the things that I think I know is actually very small. It's actually very small. There are things also, there are things that I know, there are things that I know I don't know. If you think about that, there are all kinds of things that I know other people know that I don't. But then you broaden it out a bit and you think there are things other people don't know that I don't know they don't know. And then there are things that we can't know because nobody knows that they don't know them. Does that all make sense? You're all totally clear. But what it boils down to is I might know this much, human knowledge might be this much, but then you go out to what God knows as a totally different scale. It's on a totally different plane to anything that we know. Lean not on our own ways. Trust God and follow his ways. And it all boils down to something really quite simple. If I want to follow Jesus every day of my life, if I want to start following Jesus today or continue to follow Jesus, then actually it involves me coming in a childlike way. Without any sense of pretense, with that sense of awe, in spite who I think I might be. And what we see that Jesus did in his ministry was he called people of absolutely no status whatsoever to him. The tax collectors, the people who were caught in sin, the people who were sinners and thieves. And he said, come to me like a child. Without pretense, without thinking you've got it sorted, come to me. And he would bless them. And he still calls people like us, sinners in need of a saviour. And he calls us to follow him. What's the result here? Well, in that passage that we read earlier, it's that Jesus blesses them. What does that mean? Well, we say bless you when somebody sneezes, don't we? I think that goes back to the bubonic plague. Um, We actually say bless you a lot in prayer as well. And sometimes I think we don't actually think what we're meaning when we say it. But what does blessing mean in this sort of context here? 
Well, it really means may God's favour be upon you. May you be contented with God in your life. May Jesus be all that you need. You know, we can know God in our lives through Jesus, who died on Calvary, died on the cross for the sin that we all do, and who rose in glory. So I just want to ask us, whether it's for the first time, for the tenth time, for the thousandth time, this morning, having heard what Jesus says, will we believe it? Will we come with that childlikeness, that sense of wow, and that sense of lack of pretense? And then will we follow in Jesus' ways? It's my prayer that we will do those things this morning.